right, well, good morning. It's good to see you here today. I want to always welcome those online as well. Do me a favor, will you put your hands together? Just welcome those that may be visiting for the first time. Come on, we want to let them feel the love. We're so glad that you're here, and uh, part of the Hillside Way is we're not going to ask you to raise your hand. We're not going to single you out, um, but we do want to let you know we've got a special gift for you in the back today, so make sure just to stop off at our next steps table, and, and, and we're going to hook you up, okay? So make sure to do that. A little gift just to say thanks for being with us. Uh, also have reason to celebrate... This past Thursday, we welcomed several new members to the church. It's going to be a picture coming up. There we go. Oh, look at that. Come on. Let's celebrate them as well. And uh, just so grateful for all God is doing and just a wonderful time. Hey, without further ado, I want to invite you, if you have your Bibles, um, the, the story, the premise that we are in with this faith series comes from uh, a book from the First Testament or the Old Testament called Numbers, all right? So I want to give you a moment. You can find that. Numbers chapter 13 and 14 is the, the overarching story of where we have been um, last week, this week, and a couple more weeks. We're looking at a, a pivotal point in the story of God with His people, the people of Israel. They are in process of coming out of Egypt and into the promised land. But there's a point in between the wilderness. And in the wilderness, Moses gives some instruction out of Numbers chapter 13. He invites these 12 spies. There were 12 tribes. He invites a leader from each tribe to go spy out the land. Quick synopsis. They do just that. And they come back. And 10 of them had an accurate report but they had a missing link. They failed to truly understand that God was giving them the land they just spied out. And so they spread a terrible report among the Israelites, got, got fear, supercharged. I mean, they got, they got everybody anxious and fearful to the point where it would take, no kidding, another 40 years before Israel, Israel excuse me, would ever step into the promised land. And so we've been paralleling in our lives of how God gives us a promise, how we're awakened. Um, not only the saving grace and the good news of Jesus, that is incredible, but also there are moments along the journey of life where something awakens within us, a purpose, a plan, a dream, that God, through the Holy Spirit, comes alive within us, awakens something into us, and there's a journey stepping into that. So last week, we talked about living with a faithful future, believing God to do the impossible, trusting Him to do the impossible. God moves in mysterious ways, in amazing ways, and what He invites you and I into is to trust Him. But if you've ever taken a step or ever uh, had a dream or a promise from God, you know that almost always there's something you face along the journey, and it's called resistance, and so today's message, you're going to love it, it's entitled, Enjoying Resistance, all right, Enjoying Resistance, Smiling Along the Journey of Life, you could put that in parentheses if you like. 
But resistance is a pivotal piece to the puzzle. It's an important part of our journey into the promised land. There are amazing things that are happening in that process. You ever heard the phrase, trust the process, right? (laughs) Ever heard that phrase too many times? Okay, but trust the process. You know, there is a purpose oftentimes to the resistance that we are living and walking through. James, the brother of Jesus, chapter 1, 2 through 4, he says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing, aka resistance of your faith, produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. There's something powerful about letting the process, letting the resistance take place in your life to develop you, to lead you forward into the promise. And I was thinking about a book I read several years ago called Lone Survivor, also made into a movie. Watch, and if there is a readable, edited version, go with that, okay? But Lone Survivor follows uh, the story, the process of a Navy SEAL, part of, t- uh, part of the Navy SEAL Team 6 named Mark Luttrell. The book, it's a little different than the movie, the book is split evenly in half. It's a thick book, but it's split evenly in half. The first half is just his journey from a 16-year-old all the way through the Marine Corps and then getting into Navy SEALs and all of what is entailed in that process. At the time, I was highly fascinated by it all. The amount of mental, physical, emotional resistance he had a face was mind-blowing. All in preparation for the test. You could go through all of this resistance and still not pass. It's like, how about that, you know? And, and I, was, I was just reflecting on that. So I did a little research. You're going to be familiar with this, but the first phase. So this isn't even before the test. These are just, hey, you want to try out? Here are your expectations. Not only that, you either have to go through the Navy or the Marine Corps to land in the Navy SEAL. So you got all of that, and then you have some of these other expectations. But I looked at this, basic conditioning, just basic conditioning. You'll, you'll appreciate this point. They call it Hell Week um, at, during the book. And uh, that consists of four hours of sleep during a total of five and a half days of difficult physical exertion. They push their body to run more than 200 miles. But before you ever get to Hell Week, you have to be able to do a thousand yard swim with fins, how kind, within 20 minutes or less. 70 push ups, two minutes. 10 pull ups, two minutes. 60 curl ups, two minutes. Four-mile run with shoes and pants, 31 minutes or under. Remarkable. And um, getting this off some, uh, a, a website called sandbox.com, and one of the guys said, listen, the, tra- the trainers, the guys who prepare them, who get them ready, after you can make some of the physical endurance challenges and your body's prepared, then they drop this on you. 90% of the battle is mental. How encouraging. 
And what is all of that training? It's resistance. But let's just be honest. The people who we want fighting for freedom across the world, we want them to have endured some resistance. Do we not? Like, let's just, you don't want me out there. <laughs> you know, may, I was about to say maybe 24-year-old Paul, but no, I think I'm better now than I want 24 years old. But you don't, you don't just casually, you know, like, who wants to go? Let's just, hey, let's just, let's just knock on some doors, and just whoever shows up, shows up. No, that, that, that's, that's crazy. You would never do that. And so what, what do you want? I mean, if you think about you're going through for a surgery, right? You don't want somebody who's, yeah, yeah, I just signed up, getting my core classes in pre-med. But yeah, I've got some scissors. We've got, we got some knives. We'll just figure it out. Let's just figure it out. You, no, you want somebody who's had to face resistance in the preparation. Here's what's wild. Don't fall for spiritual entitlement. Spiritual entitlement is a lie and it's a deception of the enemy. It's experiencing, or not even experiencing, it's desiring the promises of God without obedience to the Holy Spirit and to his scriptures. And it's a plague in American Christianity. Not at Hillside, so you're safe. I'm just, this is for everybody outside, all right? Outside these four walls. And I've never faced anything I'm going to share today, okay? This is all hypothetical. No, but spiritual entitlement is, God, give me what I want now, my way. And did I mention now? Do it. And now there are moments and seasons of life. Man, you just hit that prayer button. Just do it, do it, do it, do it. But a lot of times, the resistance you're facing from where you are and in the promises God has for you is necessary. It's needed because your character must be formed and it must be developed. It's part of the process God is doing in and through us. And spiritual entitlement, it's a plague. If we're not careful, we talk, man, we do this faith series. We're reading. Come on, we all identify with the two. None of us are identifying with the ten spies who got it wrong. We're all like, yeah, my nickname's Joshua. My nickname's Caleb, you know. (laughs) But my life looks like the other ten. We got to be careful, right? Because spiritual entitlement, it's like, God, look, I want the promised land. Get us into the promised land. But wipe out the giants beforehand. Wipe out all the cities. In fact, just have them move out and just have them hold the door open so we can swing in. I mean, you're not going to find that in the Bible. And Joshua and Caleb knew that. They're like, look, there's some crazy giants. There's some difficulty. There's some obstacles. But listen, don't focus on the problem. Engage with the promise. More than that, engage with the promise giver. But expect resistance. Expect resistance. Expect it. Resistance. It can be brutal. I wrote down here. This is very deep. It can be brutal, exhausting, draining, frustrating, full of tears, anger, emotional turmoil, sugar binges, lots of cake, potato (laughs) chips, and funny YouTube videos, baby. How many are you glad we're ending the fast soon? All right. 
But that's, that, that's, that's, that's how we solve problems in American culture. <laughs> Resistance stinks, but thank God for fast food, baby. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like we indulge to help um, heal or as a balm or as a wound. But there are times we can engage with the resistance. Biblically speaking, throughout Scripture, Jesus himself endured tremendous resistance. On our behalf, mind you. And so I want to talk about this. I want to talk about, like, like not how crazy Jesus brother is, but how accurate the invitation is. Book of James, consider it pure joy. Whenever you face resistance, because it produces perseverance, and you let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. A few times a year, I quote somebody I don't know, who's quoting somebody I've never heard of. And here's the quote. It's from a Chinese pastor who was sharing, from what I understand, at a, at a, at a prayer gathering from the persecuted church in China. He said, we pray for the church in the West. We pray for the church in America. Because in America, nobody starts their faith better. But we pray that they might finish well. We pray that they may finish well. Come on. We pray that they finish well. That's my prayer. That's my hope as a pastor. Listen, we're all about the start. As Billy was even saying, come down, get saved, pray with somebody, get connected to Jesus. Changes the game. We're thrilled. We're joining the party like the, the, the angels do. And your heavenly father, there's no more thrilling day. But we also pray that when hardship when endurance is needed, you have it. Not in your own strength, but because you've intentionally pledged your allegiance to Jesus. That come thick or thin, come a bad mistake or a minor mistake, you're going to keep pressing forward. So three forms of resistance. This will be simple to understand today. Three forms of resistance. Self-inflicted the enemy, on rare occasion, God himself. Three ways of gaining perspective, or not three ways, but three ways of thinking about the resistance you may be facing. We all, everybody seated here, there's a gap between where we are and where God's leading us, what he's calling us into. And I'm not saying, hey, here's an easy formula to lessen the gap. But what I am saying is that in that gap, there are primarily three forms of resistance you're facing. I, I can't even say most often, but I can testify to most often. It's self-inflicted. Self-inflicted resistance we experience, if we can bring that up, resistance we experience from our own decision-making. This is going over like a rat sandwich. Y'all with me? All right. <laughs> it's a little Graham quote. <laughs> Graham Cook quote, so not a very good one, but it's a quote. All right. Resistance we experience from our own 
decision-making. This is level one in the faith-maturing process. We may be new to our walk with God, or we may have remained new to our walk with God for 50 years. It's simply keep making the same decisions over and over because of sin cycles, patterns of thinking, and behavior. These self-inflictions can come from ignorance, I had no idea, or willingly choosing unwise, foolish, and evil, sinful ways of living. Hold your applause till the end. Sometimes, as a pastor, sometimes there are people like, I had no idea. I had no idea that was a ba- that's bad. Really? Yeah, no clue. Okay. <clears throat> you ever tried driving on the wrong side of the road? I have not. Okay. Well, this is similar, okay? It's a sin cycle that's going <laughs> to end in some destruction. <laughs> Let me be the bearer of that good news, right? So sometimes, though, you're, you're making decisions. You're early in your faith. There's no way on the face of this planet you read or certainly accurately read this book cover to cover. It's not how the Bible's read. It's not a speed test. But there's no way early in your walk with God that you've read it all, nor do you know it all. You have to learn things along the way. And it's better, let me say this, the beautiful thing about the scripture is you can read it and apply it. You don't even have to go through a heavy learning process. You can, I mean, memorize the Ten Commandments. You can memorize Matthew 5, 6, and 7, obey Jesus' teachings, and it leads to life. So there are shortcuts, but sometimes it is. It's just ignorance. No idea. I'm sorry. I didn't realize. I used to, when I came over from uh, uh, South Africa uh, as a junior high student, we'd go to PE. I love PE. Believe it or not, I still love PE, all right, or the idea of it. Love it. And so basketball, basketball was new to me, so I didn't know what was going on. Um, So basketball would come. I'd see guys, you know, shooting. I was like, this is great. So First day of PE, the ball comes to me, and I'm just like, this is great. This is awesome. And I'm just, you see the problem immediately. You can't dribble with two hands. They're like, dribble with one hand. So, you know, I mean, you know. (laughs) Ignorance. No idea. Sometimes you're you're earlier, you you get in your walk with God. There's There's sins you're committing. Is there enough grace? There's more than enough grace. Don't get hooked up on all that shame. That's just stupid. But nonetheless, you're, you're, you're just committing sins or committing cycles, and you're like, oh, I, I didn't know. And I love, I love the innocence when the in- intention is there of a new believer. I love it. It's like, hey, let, you know, we love you. I know you love me. I know. You do the sandwich, right? I love you. You're growing so much. I'm so excited for all God's doing. Really? Okay. So sandwich with kindness. You're going for the kill. I'm just kidding. You bring up, uh, you know, have you considered the sin cycle you're living with? I, I think it's a self-inflicted resistance. I, I didn't consider that. What? What? Consider. Oh, Okay. Yeah, but you're doing so great. All right, that's ideal. That's ideal. So, the, so a new believer who's got intentionality is like, oh, well, thanks for bringing that up. Man, I really, you've, you've changed my future. That's, that's when things get beautiful. But sometimes 
Sometimes the enemy works more subtle than that. We won't shift to the enemy just yet. But he can deceive us into thinking. I've done this, by the way. He can deceive us into thinking that I know better than the Bible. Or, here's another way. Listen, Jesus said a lot of things. I don't, I don't know if he really meant them. How do you know he really meant them? I'm going to start a podcast with so much doubt and accusation and questioning whether Jesus really meant it or not. They exist. And they land up being a form of deception. That Dude, that thing's 2,000 years old. What are you doing with this? Uh, well, you know, call me crazy. I just, I just feel like these are God's word. But, but sometimes they, they contradict each other. Yes. That's why I study a lot. <laughs> Learn a lot. But, but at the same time, sin, sin, baby. I'm self-inflicted. We've got to be careful. Self-inflictions. Listen. Listen. They are a form of the enemy to get you tracking in the wilderness. Get you tracing that mountain. And what takes 11 days, bloop, takes 40 years. And that's self-inflicted resistance. Feels like a really good moment to bring up what church history calls the seven deadly sins. Doesn't it? This feels like the right moment, doesn't it? Am I, alone? Do, am I the only one feeling that? Come on. Come on, y'all. Hold your applause again. We're going uh, until the end. Seven deadly sins. Okay. Where does that come from? Well, they're rooted in Scripture. It came from these pastors, these followers of Christ who were like, Constantinople is going cray-cray. Rome is getting nutso. The church is getting infiltrated with cray-cray. And everything's political, all this drama. And nobody knows they're up from their down. I've got an idea. Let's escape in the desert. Don't know why that was their idea, but that's what they did. And they started forming these communities, monasteries, that would be pure, if you will, from the realm of culture. And so over the years, they began to keep it a little more concise. Instead of, instead of 7,099, they just talked about being aware of some of the tactics that are out there. So, you know, for awareness sake, let's just go there briefly. Lust. Well, that's easy. Okay. Sexual immorality. Cohabitation, affair, pornography, gluttony, overeating, eating disorders, food as an idol, blowing budget for certain foods, greed, tethered to money, workaholic, money as an idol, sloth, idol with talent and time, little contribution to environments, not using our God-given gifts for the kingdom, wrath, anger, abuse, physical or verbal, lacking self-control, envy, Facebook, Constant comparison, competition, Instagram, I don't know, pride, elevated self. Real easy stuff. We've got it all mastered. And here's how sin works. Just hear me briefly. Here's how sin works. Quit magnifying the moment. Understand it's a seed. And it's forming you right this minute a little bit later in James he says this blessed is the one who perseveres 
under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. This next part, I'm going to make it helpful for you, okay? But Paul is tempted when he's dragged away by his own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived in Paul, it gives birth to sin. Here's one of the tricks of the enemy. He wants us to forget that it's a seed being sown into our soul. Here's one of his common lies. It ain't no big deal. Right? There's the lightning test. You do it, you didn't get struck by lightning. Human nature, human psyche is like, great. It's a bad test, but it's got terrible theological implications. But it's like, oh, it's all good. There's zero consequences. No, 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 no. It's a hidden place. Intimacy with God. It's a big deal. Self-inflicted resistance. I've experienced it. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. Sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. It's a tragedy. So is there a solution? Yes, his name is Jesus. Is there a practice? I know Jesus, but I'm struggling in an area. This is difficulty. Sure. The solution is repent, confess to the right person, to the sacred, trusted voice, and practice holiness. Practice holiness. God has called you to live holy. Holiness, it's not a weight. It's the yoke is easy, burden is light, baby. Holiness simply means set apart. It's a beautiful thing. You have been set apart by God. You're his masterpiece, Paul would say, out of Ephesians. A couple other insights, spiritual disciplines, wise boundaries, and then life is better together, healthy community. Get in a small group. Get connected. Listen, more you isolate, good luck. Sometimes being in a small group, even if you don't like the content, even if you don't really like the people in the group, even though you've got a beef with the leader, listen, who said that's not a good place to be? I mean, no, it's not comfortable, but sometimes that you can get known, you can get known, you can become known slowly but surely, build relationships. I like to say it's more about the conversation before and after than the group itself. You pull somebody aside, man, hey, I'm struggling in this. Can you pray with me? You don't have to even tell the whole group. Just tell Catherine. That's a hypothetical, made up, we don't have any Catherines, made up group leader. <laughs> Everybody's like, who's Catherine? I want to talk with her. Doesn't exist. Just made her up. Change your life. It will change your life. So many start well. I want to help you finish well. Real quick. Got to move quickly here. Those are self-inflicted wounds, if you will. Self-inflicted resistance. God, I know better. Pride, man, pride can be such a haunting 
uh, effect. Not I say even on me like you should be surprised. Pride, it can be, man. God, one of my prayers is keep me humble. Keep me humble, Lord. Keep me humble. Keep me holy, Lord. Let me not get swayed by culture. Man, pride. We, 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 we long, we long for identity from others. It can be so, such a trap. Lord, help me know my identity in you. Help me know how beloved I am by you. And God begins to build that infrastructure, and slowly but surely, it's taking place from the inside. So you're not striving to do it. It's rooted in your identity as the beloved of Christ. So over time, over time, it just begins to flow out. All right. Second here is enemies resistance. Spiritual warfare that causes confusion, sows discord, and develops a fearful future mindset. (laughs) Spiritual warfare can be a rabbit hole. Um, We're not going to enjoy that rabbit hole right now. But I want to emphasize one area of spiritual warfare. Just like God moves through people, the enemy most often works through people. And so spiritual warfare, a lot of times, is happening behind the scenes with the enemy of our soul, and he's working through people, whether they realize it or not. And this is, here's some of the symptoms. You leave confused, right? The enemy is the father of lies, and he's the author of confusion. Amen? Amen. All right, so spiritual warfare can leave you confused, leave you Discord with disunity, man, it's just, I don't know, I'm telling you, man, the discord. And develops a fearful future mindset. Look at what happened. Look at what happened in Numbers 13 and 14. 13 and 14. The people of Israel. At this point, God's showing up in physical manifestation. He's a fire at night. How cool is that? And he's a cloud by day. That is happening. As well, there's been quail that's magically appeared. There's been manna every day coming out of nowhere. And to add insult to injury, there was water that was poisonous, and a tree was thrown into it by Moses, and the water becomes drinkable. Hello. God is doing signs and wonders and miracles. And yet, people of Israel are under tremendous spiritual warfare. These ten spies came back, sowed confusion, they sowed discord, and they sowed a fearful future. That is how spiritual warfare works. Leaves you confused. Ah, just confused. All of a sudden, <laughs> that verse will come up. I'm looking here, but it's in my notes. Look, Numbers 14.4. Yeah, look at what happens here. We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Back to Egypt. Many people choose the past instead of the promise. That's worth the price of admission right there. Don't be surprised if, if you are self-inflicting through sin cycles, through all those things. Don't be surprised if all of a sudden the past is looking pretty good right about now. 
Because lukewarmness, man, it's the most dangerous place to be. Revelation, baby. One foot in, one foot out. <laughs> Don't do that. Do not do that. I made that noise so it's seared in your memory for all eternity. All right? The enemy, he is so subtle and so cunning. Here's what's crazy about the enemy. He's going to send people in your path. He like, he has no problem me doing this. <clears throat> he like, Josh, look, man, I know all God's, God's done in your life. I know he set you free from. Hey, I'm going to hook him up with some friends, some co-workers who, guess what? They struggle with this past, and what are they going to do? They're going to try to drag him down. Don't take the bait. Shake that off, baby. Shake it off. Sin will leave you desiring and longing for the past. It will have you manipulating and abusing the grace of Jesus Christ because you are longing, you're confused, the discord is there. The people of Israel, this isn't haphazard. Ten were like, dude, it was way better in Egypt. You know what Egypt was? Slavery. Seven days of work. Whips on the back. Sweat in the brow, add insult to injury, he, he, Pharaoh had just canceled out all the Hebrew boys. So I hope you're having girls, because ain't no boy making it. I mean, it is remarkable. And yet, myself included, if I'm not careful, my, my past, the past would be like, mm, looking pretty good right now. And sometimes the, the attack of the enemy, man, is just, just to send people. Doesn't he know timing? When you're on fire, when God's doing something amazing, here's Joel's, you know. Whoever coming across your path, you're like, all right, all right. New friends, new friends, new co-workers, man, this is pretty good. Just a little, what's a little? Little ain't bad. No, James like, little can be bad. Run to that grace of God. Receive it. But repentance means Change the way you're thinking. All right. Are we going somewhere? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Why am I so passionate about this? Because, oh my goodness, I've experienced it. I've seen people experience it. Again, keep in mind, none of you, right? So we're talking outside, outside. But I've seen how subtle the enemy works, man. The enemy is not thrilled that you're saved. He's not thrilled that you're on fire for the things of God. He wants to distract. He wants to destroy. He wants, man, he just wants you just confused. Jesus is saying, man, come. Come to me. Lay it down. I'm going to lead you into these promises. I'm going to lead you into the path and to the desires of your heart. And sometimes it just takes some time. Sometimes they're divine delays, which is number three. Sometimes the resistance we're experiencing is God himself. Y'all by now know how to take a take-home COVID test, right? If they're available, right? You know how to take them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to empower you really quickly. How to take a take-home resistance test. Number one, is this self-inflicted? Think of... Maybe not even sin, right? Hebrews, we're familiar with the book of Hebrews. 
It says, man, throw off, before he says the sin, he says, throw off anything that hinders. You know what I mean? So hinders like the dabble, dabble place. It's just, it's not sin, but it's, it sure is a big hindrance. Yeah? All right. Self-check, right? Okay, I'm going to swab my spirit, man. Okay, I'm swabbing. Okay, this is self-inflicted. Now, self-inflicted, to the ego, it's the most painful. So you're like here, right? <laughs> this is like, oh, sir, this will only take a moment. <laughs> okay, you know. <laughs> All right. And then, and then you know, you're, you're back there. You're crying at this point, but your daughters are in the back. So you're like, stay strong, stay strong, stay strong. Does, <laughs> do you feel that? Uh, I think I feel that, yeah. It's never that long, but you know what I mean. Okay, you're self-inflicted. Is this self-inflicted? No, but man, I'm in a group. I've been talking. I've got, I've got some brothers and sisters in the faith. I've got some mentors. I've got some, some people speaking in my life. I'm checking, I'm checking. Hey, here's my life, okay? Not, hey, here's just a, the portion I want you to see. No, here's know me. Here's my life. You've got to have those people in your life. And they're like, yeah, no. I think, man, God's so proud of you. Let's do it. Okay, self-inflicted. Nah, not that. Okay, is this enemy inflicted? That's a little, that's it coming out. That's a little easier to, I can, I can, the tears are coming away, you know. That's a little easier. And then the God one is, God, I just want to wait on you. I just really need to hear your voice right now. Is this a divine delay? Father, is this, I know you're not sending the problem. I know you don't send sickness. It's not like you're sending these problems. But Father, what are you wanting me to know about you in this problem that I can't know any other way? Financial problems? Oh, they're the best. They are. Mm. Really, they are. They are. Because why? You now have an opportunity to know Jehovah Jireh. When you fully loaded, you probably don't want much to do with God. Too painful? You're right. You're right. But but it's true. Man, Jehovah Jireh. Man, God, I want to know you as Jehovah Jireh. You know, that's up there with patience. Nah, man, just <laughs> 2023. It'll be coming around, man. You just wait that let that be next year's prayer. But no, I'm serious. But it's good that, that must be found in intimacy. That must be found in relationship. Hebrews 12, 7 through 11, it says this. Endure hardship is discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us. We respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. But painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness. And peace for those who have been trained by it. Thank God for the painful conversations. Possible 
divine delays. I've experienced every one of these. Did my quick check. Spouse. Career. Ministry fulfillment. Financial blessing. Property purchase. Personal friendships. Loneliness is hard, somebody. Health, healing. Prodigal family member. A prodigal friend. And if none of that registers with you, breakthrough. <laughs> For your distinct need. We're going to jump ahead. Actually, we're going to jump backwards to that last verse, if we can bring it up. I'm going to show you just a quick clue into Joshua and Caleb. I don't know, because I haven't talked with God face to face yet, so I don't know if this was the whole picture or if this is just a small window. But you do have to wonder, you know, were Joshua and Caleb just more emotionally healthy? Did they have better intelligence? Were their parents pastors? Why did they come back so full of faith? Exodus 33, verse 11. Just a little window. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. I have here, Joshua knew God's nature. So when Moses spoke the words in Numbers 13, he was able to receive it as part of the nature of God, not simply as the instruction of God. Same can happen for you. There are things to receive from God touched by his nature, not simply the instruction of it. I know, y'all needed lunch before I dropped that on you. But if you've been in church, depending on the church for a while, you may be able to quote this inside and out. Pharisees, I'm not saying you're one of them. I'm not saying that. Part of their <clears throat> intention was they knew the word, but they didn't know the word, capital W, that was right in front of them. And so... God, through his grace, he gives us a pathway to knowing him. And here's what's crazy. Holy Spirit is so sneaky. He get, gets to you in your worst state. Not when things are perfect. Not when you're perfected. He just comes in with a grace bomb. Remember a few months ago, Joe Phillips, that evangelist? He's on the dance floor of a disco club he snuck into, I guess, dancing with somebody else's wife. 
now I got got you interested. You can go watch it or listen to it another time. But he's there. And in the dance floor, on the dance floor, God's like, this isn't what I have for you. I've got a remarkable future. Seek me. Go after me. Live for me. And so it's uncontrollable how often how grace is. He just starts bawling. And he said he remembered. Everybody's pointing at him like, he's drunk. He's drunk. He's drunk. And he's like, not that night. <laughs> I hadn't been drinking. That's how the great grace of God works. So he whoom, comes in, and as David says, he pulls me out of the miry clay, and he sets, sets my feet on a rock. So receive the word over your life today. Receive the promise. Keep it before you. Right now, this is new for me this year, but I've got a little list in my prayer closet. It's best possible scenario. It's my list of best possible scenarios. I'm detailing each one. This is going to be the best year of my marriage. I'm going to be the best dad. Like, I'm, I was really good last year, but I'm going to be even better this year. <laughs> Instead of a worst, worst possible scenario, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just having fun. I'm like, best possible scenario. So we got, like, some trips, some different things coming up. I'm like, yes, it's going to be the best, the best, the best. I'm praying. I'm leaning into that. But then I'm also holding myself over here for when resistance comes, and it will, and what am I going to do? What's my operating system when I resist? <laughs> Is this self-inflicted? Is this the enemy? Is this God? 